Welcome to the UK Dividend Investor Podcast, where we unlock the power of dividends in the UK market. Get ready to dive into the world of passive income, financial freedom and long-term wealth creation. Join us as we explore the strategies, insights and success stories of seasoned investors and industry experts. It's time to supercharge your portfolio with dividends that pay off. Welcome to another episode. Episode 12, in fact, where we'll be looking into some of the earnings reports from this quarter. When looking at these reports, I'm only going to be touching on a few companies and identify the highlights just to give you an idea of the performance of the companies covered today. All bar one uh, have released the reports this week, so it's all relatively fresh. Naturally, I would encourage you to look over these earnings reports for yourself, as I feel this gives you the best opportunity to develop an understanding of the company's workings. But first, some news from this week. British Gas have announced their profits for the first half of this year, a disgusting £970 million. This is nearly 10 times more than for the same period of last year, which was £98 million. This drastic change has come as a result of Ofgem rising the uh, price gap. I think it's extraordinary that companies such as British Gas are able to continue to charge these higher prices when there are families and individuals who are struggling. I know there are payment plans and repayment options available, but that still doesn't get down to the core issue. The price increase by Ofgem was supposedly to allow for recovery from the pandemic, but also to recover costs from failed rivals. However, I don't believe that the continued expense here is completely justifiable by the regulator. That being said, they have announced a recent drop in the price cap, but I'm of the opinion that there is some profiteering taking place with the war in Ukraine being a catalyst and representatives from the Labour and Liberal Democrat parties have also expressed their views on this. The CEO of Centrica, the parent company of British Gas, has said that these profits are a one-off. I think time will tell if that really is going to be the case or not. But British Gas aren't alone in this. Both EDF and Scottish Power have also seen large profits from last year. Recent data from the Office for National Statistics shows that gas and electricity prices rose 36.2% and 17.3% respectively in the year to June 2023. This has been one of the largest contributions to the overall inflation rate since April last year. Another big name in the news is NatWest, who are facing an impending investigation by the Financial Conduct Authority, the FCA, after allegations of political discrimination. This comes after Coots, which is a private banking and wealth management company owned by NatWest, closed Nigel Farage's account, citing that his values did not align with the company's values. This is prohibited by the Payment Accounts Regulations of 2019, which make it an offence to withhold or shut down accounts of customers on discriminatory grounds, including for sex, race and religious reasons but it also stops banks shutting down accounts because of a client's political beliefs. NatWest are being given the opportunity to complete an independent review of the situation, but the FCA will intervene if necessary or decide if any further action is required following the review completed by NatWest into their self-generated scandal. Interestingly, the boss of Coots, Peter Flavel, has since stepped down, which followed the chief executive of NetWest, Dame Alison Rose, resigning the day prior. 
So let's have a look at some earnings reports. Kicking off with Unilever. The share price is up by 0.28% so far this year. Year to date, Unilever has seen sales growth of 9.1%, with a 9.4% price growth and a 0.2% volume growth. This translates to underlying profit amounting to £4.47 billion, which is up by 3.3% compared to 2022. Turnover has also increased by 2.7% to £26.1 billion. The diluted EPS is up 23.6%, and the quarterly dividend for September will be 37 pence per share. I can't but help feel that some of Unilever's increases in profit are owing to greedflation. Take a Magnum as an example. The price of a box of Magnums always seems to be on the up whilst the size of Magnum is always getting smaller. I know inflation is high at the moment and things in general cost a little bit more, but I'm of the view that this is being used as an excuse to squeeze a little bit more out of its customers. The BBC reported that Unilever increased its prices by 11.2% in the first half of this year. However, that being said, from an investor's point of view, the share price is up and the dividends are continuing to come in. Next, let's take a look at British American Tobacco. The stock price is down by nearly a quarter this year, 24% to be exact. However, despite this, revenue was up 2.6% and adjusted profit from operations was also up by 3.6%. It's seen an increase of 1.5 million customers in its non-combustible products, its vapes. This gives them a total of 24 million customers in this category. The non-combustible category has seen revenue growth of 27% and now represents 16.6% of revenue, amounting to £1.65 billion. This is setting the company on the path of profitability by 2024 for this category. In addition to this, combustible revenue has also increased by 0.2%. Interestingly, total revenue growth for the US is down by 5.4%. AME, the Americas and Europe, is up by 9.1%, and APMIA, which is Asia, Pacific, Middle East and Africa, is up by 9.8%. These results for the first half of the year put them on track for their four-year targets. Those of you who follow me on Twitter would have seen my tweet from last night regarding Seagrow, also known as Slough Estates Group. They announced an increase in the interim dividend, an increase of 7.4%, taking the dividend to 8.7%. Uh, their adjusted profit is up by 2.6% compared to the same period last year, and adjusted EPS is also up by 1.9% to 15.9 pence. Like for like, rental growth has grown by 5.1%, and new commitments have generated £44 million. What is also appealing is that 91% of debt is fixed or capped, with half of the caps active until 2029, and there are no major debt maturities until 2026. Development-wise, they completed and delivered on 340,900 square metres of space, which equates to a potential £28 million of rent. Interestingly, 85% of this space was certified as excellent by Bream, who is the world's leading science-based suite for validation and certification systems for sustainable built environment. 
penultimately we'll be looking at Rolls-Royce, who have also had a good first half of the year. The company is expecting underlying operating profit on civil aerospace of approximately £400 million. This is compared to the loss of £79 million for the same period last year. This has come from higher aftermarket profitability and higher spare engine sales. The defence sector has also seen an increase in underlying operating profit for the same period of last year, now expected to be within a range of £260 million compared to the £189 million from last year. This has been the result of a strong revenue growth and higher margins. Finally, underlying operating profit from power systems is at £120 million compared to the £119 million from last year. However, this is expected to be higher year on year with an increase in the second half of the year. In short, underlying profit for the first half of this year is between 660 and 680 million pounds with free cash flow being between 340 and 360 million pounds. They've also raised their full year guidance to expect underlying operating profit to be between 1.2 and 1.4 billion pounds. This news reflected in the share prices as investors were clearly heartened by the change in direction as the share price went from 153.75 pence at the end of play on Tuesday to 185.35 pence on Wednesday morning. That's an increase of 20.5%. Up to the time of recording, the share price saw highs of 194.5 pence. And finally, the company that didn't release their earnings this week, but they did release them this month, and it's their Q1 results, and that is Burberry. Retail revenue is up from £505 million last year to £589 million this year. That's an increase of 16.6%. Their store sales as a whole were up by 18%, and this is taking into consideration increases in some markets, but decreases in others. A notable decrease was in the Americas. They are currently on track for their current year guidance of a high single-digit CAGR, that's the compound annual growth rate, which is based from 2020. As of the end of June 2023, revenue is looking to be around £150 million, with £70 million for adjusted operating profit. One thing that did grab my attention in their report is that their social media engagement was highlighted, a record 20.8 million views on TikTok. I will be wrapping things up for today there. As I said at the start of the episode, I really would encourage you to go and have a look at some of the earnings reports for companies that you are interested in or companies that you are already invested in, because this will give you an idea as to whether this company is one that you want to invest in or remain invested in and see if it still fits for you and your investment strategy. Next week, we will be having the monthly update for July. That episode will be out on Monday and there'll be the regular episode on Friday. So until then, stay safe and take care. And that concludes another episode of the UK Dividend Investor Podcast. Remember, we're here to inform and entertain, not offer financial advice. Before making any investment decisions, please consult with a qualified professional and conduct your own research as to the risk involved. Stay consistent, stay resilient and always do your due diligence.
Thanks again for joining us on your Dividend Investor Journey. Until next time, keep building your wealth with the UK Dividend Investor.